This is the very sad situation that you're all in. Where you've tried this and you can look back before you came here to approximately 10,000 times that you were in the situation, right? When they do something wrong and you give them criticism, whether you do it with a smile or not, even with a smile, right, does it work? Did it work for you? Yes or no? No. It doesn't work. So, at the same time that it doesn't work, you're mazik the nefesh hayelid. You damage them, in, and that causes more be- bad behavior. So, choice one is, don't say anything. Because, what am I asking you to give up on? I'm telling you that over the next five years, instead of criticizing 300 times, and not accomplishing anything, and having a more broken kid, who comes to the conclusion that my parents don't understand me, they don't love me, they don't want me, they don't like me, I'm a mess up, I'm a screw up, I'm bad, because either they are angry at you or they're angry at themselves, which one is better? The worst is when they turn on themselves, and they, they already have a low self-esteem, and then they have a crushed self-esteem, I'm a loser, you're right, I'm a loser, I'm an idiot, I'm dumb, and then their whole life is gone. Okay. So option number one is, if you see that when you give your kid musr and teichacha and criticism and ideas, he accepts it, fine, regular kid. Not talking about that. But if you try five, ten thousand times when they mess up to do that and you see that it doesn't accomplish and they get rage, anger, pain, frustration, door slamming, then you're not kashem shemitzvah leimer davish anishma kach mitzvah leimer davish shalay nishma. The same way it's a mitzvah to say something that a person will hear, it's a mitzvah to not say something that a person will not hear. You're mazik your own child. So well, you're talking to his head, but you're taking a bat and you're breaking his knee. You're breaking the, the nefesh ayelad, the esteem of the child. He feels worthless, right? And that creates more problems. So step number one is, if you don't know, if you can't talk logic, don't do anything. Because in, in five years from now, you're going to have a way healthier child by not giving bad, damaging chinuch than by giving bad, damaging chinuch where you lost the battle and you lost the war. Right? Option two is, option two is, to first approach, make sure that you don't damage the nefesh And then see, maybe the next day, so you know, we'll talk about it tomorrow. Because I find that whenever it's the moment even regular kids, but even regular adults, people can't listen, right? So in Home Sweet Home, and I'm, I'm talking from experience, my rule was, I could say it now because I closed, I didn't tell it to them then. Whatever they asked me that was against the rules, I said yes, but not next time. And they all said, okay, fine, and they did it now because they got it into their head. Like they had to be my Shabbos, right? And they were not allowed to be in Home Sweet Home for Shabbos. And they were my guests, and that was the way I set it up, and we treated them like royalty every week by my house, my friends, and the new kids in the beginning would always say, because they don't want to be by my house. First of all, because it's a rule, so right away I don't want to listen to you. Second of all, because then you got to be by a meal, I just want to be in the house. But there was no supervision there, and I didn't want it open, and I had my reasons. So what are you going to do? It gets into his, ha- into his head. He says... Can you do me a favor? I don't feel well. I have fever. I worked a whole ta- day. It's like you're picking them up in 10 minutes, you know, they wait till the last minute. Please, I don't, can I stay here for Shabbos? What are you supposed to do? I have a program. I have rules. I have, I have good reasons, right? So I lost that battle already. I knew it. Because anything that they would ask me for in, the, in their mind, it's, I already lost that battle. It's never going to happen. So I'm worried about, I don't care about making an exception, I'm worried about the other 51 Shabbosim of the year, right? And I don't need all of them either. If I get 40, I'm happy. 
So I told him, listen, I see that you have your mind made up. You know that it's against the rules. You know that I'm bending over backwards. Promise me you're just going to stay in. You'll just you'll watch TV. You'll do what you do here. And, and you're not going to like make a party and burn down the house. No, no, no. I promise you. I just need a break. I'll be so good. And in the future, can I have your word? Okay, you're going to come, you're going to follow the program? They always say yes, because it's the pressure of now. Not because they're manipulating me. They really, the MS, want to be good. They didn't come into my program to screw up. Like if Steinman says, no kid comes to school to get thrown out of class. People are angry at them. Oh, that's what you gave me for? No, nobody comes to be a loser. Nobody comes to be chutzpahdik. And they didn't come to get thrown out of the program. It was just too hard for them sometimes. So I respected them by saying, you know what? I see that, that this is what you're going to do now. In the future, can you not do that? And most of the time, they won't. And every once in a while, they'll really, again, need to. And, they'll, and I'll say, okay, I'll make an exception for you. I made exceptions all the time. So this, the second plan is to first uh, take care of the nefesh adam, take care of the nefesh yelad, be polite, be sensitive, say, you know what, we'll discuss this tomorrow. No anger, because you have to make sure you don't have anger. Like the Nesiv Shalom says, when you're angry, it's like ki'ilu oivet avaydezara. How do you expect to do chinuch for Hashem in the middle of worshiping idols? Can you imagine? You take out your idol, you're bowing, chinuch, after being mechadach, you're right in the middle of, you know, first of all, you're probably not allowed to talk during the avaydezara davening, right? And in the middle of doing, bowing down to this big, big, big idol, I'm going to do chinuch for Hashem, I'm going to be in matzlich with my kids, so if you're angry, it's no good. So you tell your kid, you know what, you stole the car, you bashed it up, whatever, whatever, First, give me a hug. I love you. You protect Nefesh HaYelad. There is an issue, right? Don't worry about it. We're going to get through this together. We'll, 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 deal, we'll deal with this tomorrow. This way, you're calm. He's calm. You protect the Nefesh. The next day, you say, okay, so this is done already, right? In the future, can we work on this together? You'll get the best deal from them. They're always going to offer their best deal. And they're not going to always do it. But uh, what else do you want? This is the most you're going to get from this child is that they're going to put their best foot forward to tell you, you're right, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done it. In the future, I'll try better. And they will try better. And they'll do the best they can. And if they can't do better, then they're not going to do better anyway. So it takes all the anger and everything out of the table. At least, if you're hoping to accomplish something, you're not going to destroy the person. Because if you destroy your kid, you end up with a bigger problem, costing you way more money, sleepless nights, blah, blah, blah. So it's not just about the kid. Be selfish. Don't ruin your kid's life because they will ruin your life. Right? We can attest to that. Okay? But there's a third part. The third part is really deep. The third part is recognizing that at that moment, you have an opportunity. Because at that moment, you can reach deeper into the broken self of the child than you can when they don't mess up. Actually, in five years from now, you're going to look back when your kid is Be'ezrat Hashem, super healthy and, and, and healed and always with Hashem's help. And you're going to realize, you know what did it? It was that time. It was that, it was that thing that I, the kid, and they always, they always remember. I couldn't, I thought, I thought it was over. I thought, oh my God, I thought it was over. We have so many kids today who are from, who look back and the famous story is, which happens so many times, they steal a car Friday night. I don't know why, whenever they steal a car Friday night, they always get into a car accident, and all of a sudden, and, and, and Tati finds out about it, this happened so many times, goes over to his kid and gives him a huge hug, a teepee hug, an embrace. The only thing I care about is that you're okay. That you're okay. That means more to me, you mean more to me than my car. I love you, don't worry, we'll get through this. 
when they steal. We had a kid who cleaned out his parents' safe, $50,000, okay? And they did this, and their kid is from today. I know him. He's married. I was at the wedding, married, from, with kids. And they could have lost him. And they used that worse opportunity to do a tikkun in the Nefesh HaYelad, which is exposed. And bypassing the Bimachanachyu, fix the broken person. That's the greatest chinuch in the world. Because we know that all their misdeeds is coming from a broken self. You say, wow, this is great. You know what he did? A horrible, terrible thing. What an opportunity. That's how we look at it. Because you can dig deeper down. The example I give, if someone is stabbed, God forbid, three inches, and you take him for, to, the, to the surgeon, and he says, oh, I can only fix two inches. So he, he sews the top two inches. The bottom inch is open. There's, there's terrible internal bleeding. Our kids have deep, deep pain. Or as Shimon Russell says, attachment disorder from trauma and pain. The further you can get into them, to prove to them that you can trust me, I am with you, I'm, I'm not judging you, I don't look down at you, the more of a tikkun you make to their nefesh, that, uh, it's a surgery, that brilliant surgery, actually moves them into a different category. And they won't be doing those things that they used to do in the old category. And there's no greater chinuch than that, of taking a person who has 104 fever, and giving them the medicine that they have 102 fever. Kids who have 102 fever don't act the way the kids who have 104 fever act. They don't. And you can heal them by fixing their broken self-esteem. Their broken self-esteem. And when you want to kill them, that's your best opportunity. To be able to give them a hug and a smile and say, I'm with you, I love you, and I'm always going to be here for you. We're going to get through this. And they mess up very badly because of their pain. And they're waiting. Part of them just wants you to say, you know what, enough. I can't deal with this anymore. And Hashem is telling you, have Rahmanus on your kids. Never give up. Work on yourself. The Nesiva Shalom says, what should you do when your kid does something horrible? Shechitut, corruption. You catch him, whatever the example that you want to give. You all unfortunately know them. And you can't, what should you do? Says the Nesiv Shalom. I mean, why won't people listen to the Nesiv Shalom? It's the Mayatzas Kedayli Atayra of Eretz Yisrael. He was a Hasidish Rebbe, right? Reb Shach said he's the Mesil Sisharm of our generation. And, and on top of all of that, he was a Rebbe in Lubavitch. So you're all stuck. Okay? And he was a master mechanic who rebuilt Yiddishkeit after the Holocaust. And he says, what should you do when you see your child do something big, big averis? Kikotan kigodl. Muchrochim lishloit beruach. What does everybody say? You have to get a hold of the kid. Teach consequences. He says, no. Muchrochim lishloit beruach. Get a hold of yourself. Get a hold of your ruach, of your own spirit. And then what? Muchrochim lishloit beruach. A love and awaken towards this kid, this one who you're all upset about. Love and mercy without any gvul, any limit, unlimited mercy. Have a picture, go into your room. You're upset, you're angry, he messed up, he did a big sin, he did something dysfunctional and terrible, right? Go into your room, have a picture of him, that picture we're holding the sitter by the Chumash party. Have a picture of the bar mitzvah, the bas mitzvah. Have that family picture, that cute picture. And look at him. 
and be ma'ayr in yourself, awaken in yourself towards the child, ahava, the chemla, love and compassion, beligvul, unlimited, even more than you felt to him until now. That's the medicine. Why, why are we looking for, the kid needs consequences, he needs to have a gun to his head, if you're going to behave this way, you can't be in my house. Where does it all come from? And Siva Shalom was, was Gadol Shevik Dailam. He said it so clear. And the Hema Bikshu Cheshbainis Rabbim. We're going to the therapists, even from therapists who are trained by Goyim, and it's infiltrating our society, and I am pro-therapy. The therapists know how many people I sent to therapy. But in this concept about how to deal with a child, we have... We have Rabbanim. We have a Torah. Right? This is an opportunity. Mukhrachim lishleit burach. And you're going to say, hang on, how does that help my kid exactly? Right? I caught my kid on Pesach. Imagine this happened. True story. Right? Ding dong. Right? Pizza delivery. In the middle of the Seder. In the middle of the Seder. they said, oh, I'm sorry, you have the wrong address. They said, no, there's no Kayim here. There's no Kayim. Uh, Kayim, you have pizza delivery. Right? You want to go crazy. You want to get a hold of yourself. How does it help your kid? So Nesiva Shalom understood something that we don't understand. That's the only thing and the maximum that you need to do to save your kid. He doesn't need a musashmuz and he doesn't need intellectual knowledge to understand why he's a stupid head and that he's messing up the family and that people aren't going to get married because of you and you are the greatest disaster to happen to our family since the Holocaust. And even though when you remember you're named after uh, Zaidi and he almost died for Shabbos and this is what you're doing and guilt. Nesiva Shalom says none of that. You see your child sin in corruption, kikata and kigadal, big or small, Awaken love in your heart. Because that's what they're missing. And they feel it. And you should go back to the people who told you differently and sue them. You should sue them and say, you destroyed my kid. Why didn't you tell me what the Nesiva Shalom said? Why did you have to tell me what Professor Yakum whatever guy said in school? Why are we applying behavioral tools on Yiddish Kindalach that come from the Goyim. And I have the greatest respect. I work together with therapists. And in every other subject, if you need help, go to therapy. I send tons of kids also. But in the parent-child relationship, we just grew, we just came up today in Klal Yisrael. We have no, uh, we have no Rabbanim. We don't have stories. If you read, that, read from Rebavadi Yosef on Chinuch, I went through his book. <laughs> Follow that. Follow Rib Shach, follow Rib Steinman, follow Lubavitcher Rebbe, follow... I don't care who you follow, right? Lo'i Alman Yisrael. We're not just like, I don't know what to do. I don't, know, I don't know what to do. My kid is not listening to me. So, okay, you go to the therapist, whatever he says is okay. No, what do you mean? Take a chenuch book. They work. They work better on our kids. Because our kids have a chelik, a likam, imal. Mamish. It's a real deal. It's not a joke. We really believe that. And they respond to love. And we wouldn't have kids with broken self-esteem. And we wouldn't cause damage to kids with already broken self-esteem. We wouldn't have, God with Hashem's help, the suicides that we have for sure, not that limit. That just today there was a girl, 16-year-old, who killed herself. It's mamish, heartbreaking, heartbreaking, heartbreaking. And and, and we would have less of that. I can't say 100% or 90%, but we wouldn't have so many kids homeless and feeling bad. We have kids who forget about, like a father told me, 
Yeah, he, he said he, he said he swallowed a bottle of pills, but I checked. He only took one pill. He's full of it. He's manipulating us. Do you think your son is really happy? I mean, he's very far from normal and happy. Does he have to really be dead? Isn't it enough that he's at that stage that he has to talk about death? Right? What he, no, he's manipulating. It's like looking at the problem in such a terrible way. Like, oh, he's so busy that the kid's manipulating me instead of realizing that a kid who would manipulate his parents by saying I'm suicidal is a very sick child. Right? So those are the three ways that you can look at it. The first way, let's chazer over. The first way is that you can... What was the first way? Anybody remember? Don't say anything because he's not listening anyway. And you're creating so much damage, so at least don't damage the kid for three years. Okay? The second way is protect the nefesh of the yelled. And then say something the next day or in two days if you think that, that he's going to listen. And when they come, they might listen. And when you talk about the future, they might listen. Fine. The third way is to realize I can make a tikkun in his nefesh. This is an opportunity. And by boosting it, they make less mistakes. People who feel good about themselves don't do such stupid things. We had kids who before parents came here, that same kid, <coughs> Mamish, put himself in danger by going in between apartment buildings on a very high floor, on a piece of wood, climbing. I mean, mamish, because what's the worst that'll happen? You know, they won't do it 10 feet up because they might live, right? But if it's 80 feet up, what's the worst that'll happen? Our kids don't speed 76. They speed 120 because they don't want to wake up and have broken legs. They want to, at least if, it, if it's meant to be, well, at least I don't have to feel any pain. They go on a motorcycle, 160 miles an hour. How, how fast? hundred and 130, right? Why? Because at least, you know, you tell them how dangerous it is, so 90, I might survive and end up in a wheelchair. That, for sure, is not for me. But if it's 130, 140, at least I'll just be, you know. So that's what we have to think about. That's what we have to think about. We'll have less of those people, people who are happy and have parents who just light up. You see him, you smile, before you say anything. I don't care what you say. You smile, I'm happy to see you. I like you. Love is very powerful, but the kids don't appreciate that. I like you. I like you. You're a pleasure to be around. And then they'll have more of a reason to want to live. People who want to live, they do better. It's still going to make mistakes, miscalculations, and be dysfunctional. It's going to take time. With time and patience and love, love conquers all. This is Avi Fishoff, and I can be reached at twistedparenting at AOL.com.